You're listening to the Her Leadership Coach Podcast for the quietly determined career woman who's looking to step up into her first or next level leadership role. If you're looking to make a bigger, more positive difference in your organization, you've come to the right place. Well, hello, welcome in. It's Rochelle. On today's episode of Her Leadership Coach, we're going to be talking about what I see as a really essential leader's skill, and that is speaking up in meetings. How can quietly determined career women confidently speak their mind at meetings? You know, meetings can be tricky for us as women, particularly if we're on the introverted side. It's not always easy to find the right moment to contribute, especially when extroverted colleagues are dominating the conversation. I don't know if you've been there. I definitely have. Even more so now that we're so often on video calls The video is off. There are no facial clues to tell you when someone might be finally going to pause. Ah, It's just like so frustrating knowing how to step in without stepping on someone else's voice. It's not just the timing though, right? Often we're in meetings and we're being asked questions on the spot that take time for us to think through. I don't know about you, I'm sort of an ambivert, I'm not fully on an introverted side, but I like to be able to think something through before I blurt out an answer, as opposed to my extroverted friends who like to blurt out an answer and then think it through, (laughs) Uh, which can be difficult actually for both sides when you think about it in meetings. And while I can give an answer to those off-the-cuff questions, it's generally not going to be my best answer without that processing time that my brain needs to think things through. So for some of us, that's going to mean we'll step back and perhaps go back to the person who asked it later, or simply just we don't bother answering it at all. We think, oh, well, clearly they don't you know, need my opinion Um, I just won't worry about it. They've got plenty of other opinions from all the experts in the room or extroverts in the room that have been speaking up here. Uh, Unfortunately, what happens is we often get mischaracterized by extroverts that that idea of us not speaking up means we are either in agreement with what they're saying, you know, you hear that sort of saying silence is consent so often, there's so much wrong with that. But anyway, uh, they might think you're simply not interested in the topic at all. And sometimes they just think, oh, that person's incompetent. They've got nothing to say because they're not competent enough to have anything to say. So not great, right? We're not in the best environment for how our brains work and others then see us as something that we aren't. So what do we do? Well, let's talk about it. We need some strategies to help make sure your voice is heard in meetings uh, and other situations like that. Let's start with looking at why some women might feel less able to speak up in meetings. And I think, as is often the case, there are a few reasons that are difficult to simply go, oh, well, just let go of it, like ignore it, do it anyway, right? 
I think first is, as often the case, societal expectations play a role. So the traditional gender roles that so many of us are raised with and see around us in media and, uh, you know, even examples in our own workplace, they make, they can make women feel like we are meant to be passive or nurturing, that you know, aggressiveness, assertiveness is not how women are raised to be. And seeing that impacts our confidence in being able to share our opinions, uh, at least in a wider group. Secondly, unconscious bias, and this affects both men and women. It's not, you know, it's not just that men do this. We do this to ourselves, which is incredibly frustrating, But unconscious biases can lead to, in the real world, can lead to women's ideas being overlooked or undervalued. So I don't know how many times you have seen someone, a woman, voice an opinion, an idea. Uh, It's kind of glossed over. And then next minute, a guy brings it up in a slightly different way. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, amazing. That's such a good idea. Uh, I've also seen a couple of examples recently of women's ideas that have been worked on over time being taken by other uh, leaders, both women and men. And again, this is not a male thing versus women. We all can be uh, susceptible to this, but taking their ideas and sending them out in writing or at other meetings as if they were their own ideas. And When that happens enough times over the years, whether it happens to you or you witness it happening to somebody else, you can be forgiven for becoming a little discouraged from speaking up, from having ideas, from putting them out there in the world. And then there is imposter syndrome, which is that feeling that we're not quite as competent as others think we are. And that affects women more than men, as so research says so far. And this self-doubt can stop us from sharing our thoughts in meetings, right? We are worried that we will say something that will prove we're not as good as what other people think we are. We worry that we'll be seen as a fraud. Uh, There's that saying, "'Tis better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and prove it." Only the problem is that's more often than not all in our heads and not the reality. We actually are incredibly competent. In fact, uh, research shows that most of the time we are more competent than men that are at the same level than us. There's a difference between competence and confidence. And yet we hold ourselves back because that's not the way we see ourselves. And we, when we look at societal expectations and those unconscious bias effects, you know, it's kind of no wonder that we have some imposter syndrome going on. And then finally, communication styles matter in this space. So women's styles are often more collaborative and that can make it hard to sort of assert yourself in meetings that are dominated often by more competitive styles of communication. We also often use qualifiers in our speech. And even though I know this to be the case, I still find myself doing it. I'm more likely to catch myself now. 
but we'll use qualifiers like, oh, I think this is something, or hey, maybe we could consider, or I could be wrong, but... And ultimately what that's doing is undermining our authority in the meeting, even though we don't recognize that it's doing that. When others are listening to us, again, both men and women, it is making us seem like we are unsure. And then that kind of gets reflected back to us and makes us feel less confident and so it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy and we go in a circles <laughs> and you know even if we do speak up sometimes we end up feeling like maybe next time I'm not going to bother so that's all a bit frustrating what can we do about it well if we look to the her leadership way manifesto here right and if you haven't got your copy I will leave a link to it in the show notes it is free for you to download and uh, pop up next to your desk so you've got it there to remind you we need to employ the third principle here which is we give grace to ourselves and others and as part of that principle we shift from these limiting beliefs of I'm not good enough I'm not valued enough to Uh, speak up in meetings and we shift to taking empowered action which in this case is speaking up probably another shift in that we give grace to ourselves and others is the shift from self-criticism to a little bit of self-love here Uh, if we're you know suffering from imposter syndrome and we're constantly sort of belittling ourselves in our own heads it's not going to really be helpful for helping us to speak up So working on these shifts will be really quite powerful. However, they do take a little time to really embed. So definitely encourage you to uh, go back to the episodes that cover those shifts, those mindset shifts. uh, And I'll leave the links to both of those in the show notes as well. In the meantime, let's kick things off with how to handle those video calls we so often find ourselves on these days and the weird thing is while it can initially feel more difficult to speak up in these meetings it can actually make our lives easier as an introvert and i've kind of loved moving into this way of meeting now All right, so three ways that we might be able to handle this speaking up within a virtual environment. Number one, use the chat function. This is available to us and it is not available in a face-to-face meeting and I love it for for meetings. It stops us all from speaking over the top of each other. It allows us to not let ideas go. So even if it's slightly off topic, You can pop it in the chat so that you don't forget it and then get back to your active listening within the meeting, right? Um, Particularly good if you find it challenging to speak up during video calls without those visual cues. So if everybody's got their cameras off, which for some reason in our organization is rife, then use that chat function both to share your thoughts and ask questions as you go. Uh, You can also use the chat to say, hey, I've got something to say on that point. Uh, Let me know, you know, when you're finished or I'll speak when you're finished. Um, Just to sort of say, yeah, I, I have a voice. I am here. I don't want to interrupt you or feel like I'm treading on your voice. So I'm going to let you know that I, I need to speak. 
I think this approach is amazing. And I also think as leaders, if you are running meetings or workshops, encourage everyone in the meeting to work in this way as well. Similar to this is the raise hand feature. So a lot of our video conferencing platforms now have this raise hand feature. I know Microsoft Teams at work has it. Uh, Google Meet now has it. Zoom has it. So uh, hopefully whatever platform you use in your organization has this raise hand feature. And again, by using this, you can signal that you want to be called on to speak and wait for the host to give you the floor. You are then invited to have a voice. It's kind of interesting to me how this can take us back to school days of, you know, sitting on the mat and raising your hand. And I think that's why a lot of people feel really comfortable using this rather than just jumping in because we were taught for years that it's rude to jump in. It's a great tool, though. I really, uh, again, I love using this tool. I love encouraging others to use this tool. It helps keep the flow of conversation going and make sure everyone has a chance to share their thoughts. So again, if you're leading a meeting, specifically call out at the beginning that you are happy for people to use this function. I normally start a workshop letting people know, you know, you can communicate by coming off mute typing in the chat or raising your hand because I want them to have everything available to them. Uh, next, I think, again, in our organization, everyone just tends to default to cameras off. Start to ask for cameras on, right? So turning cameras on during meetings can help with communication because it lets us see those visual cues. Uh, particularly if I'm running a meeting, I can see if someone sort of takes a breath in to speak and that's sort of helpful to go. Even if someone talks over them, I can then call on them afterwards and say, hey, Sally, I saw you were also going to make a point. You know, did you want to make that now? Um, having cameras on, it just makes it easier for us to find that perfect moment to speak up, hopefully, without interrupting others. Our brains are wired to process this nonverbal information like facial expressions and body language very quickly. And that helps us to understand and also add a bonus, it helps us to connect with others better um, as we're, you know, voicing our ideas and our opinions. Now, one caveat to this one, we do need to think about how being on camera might affect those who are extreme introverts or neurodiverse, or just if you're super tired, right? If you've been on camera for hours already today, sometimes our brains need a break. So sometimes feeling watched, particularly for extreme introverts or neurodiverse, but any of us, our brain's emotional center, the, the amygdala can actually trigger stress from feeling like we are being watched. So having that response can make it harder for people to focus on the meeting, focus on what's being said and join in. So while cameras on can make things easier, it can also occasionally make things harder. I find that letting people know why I am encouraging them to have cameras on helps. I certainly put my camera on myself. 
Um, I also let them know if they're not feeling it today, that's perfectly okay as well. Um, and again, letting people know they can use the chat or hands up feature can alleviate the stress of, you know, being on camera or off camera. Um, so, you know, in this day and age, we have all of these tools available to us. So if you're in that situation, make use of them. If it's not common in your organization, maybe talk to whoever is running the meeting before you jump on. Let them know how this can really help those in the meeting. And if not, just do it yourself. People will catch on pretty quickly that this is the way we work around here. Uh, now, regardless of whether we're in a virtual or face-to-face -face meeting, we can look at some other ways to join in the conversation. One way that we can do that without feeling too aggressive is by using what's called the piggybacking technique, which is basically building on what someone else has already said. So let's say you're in a meeting discussing ways to improve the company's social media presence, for example, and your colleague, John, suggests focusing more on Instagram and shares some ideas for increasing engagement there. Now, to piggyback on John's idea, you could say, John, great suggestion about putting more effort into Instagram. Building on that, we could also collaborate with influencers in our industry to create content that resonates with our target audience. So by piggybacking on John's idea, you've acknowledged his contribution, which I think is really important. And I would love more of that to happen, particularly, you know, as I mentioned earlier, where a lot of women's ideas are just taken uh, seemingly by someone else and, and presented as their own. Rather than doing that, we can acknowledge someone's previous contribution and then smoothly add your own thoughts to the conversation. It's kind of a polite and collaborative way to participate in the discussion without feeling like you're being too aggressive, right? That you're not just jumping in and blurting your idea out, you're following the thread, shows you're listening to, which is um, pretty powerful. Uh, another clue is being prepared before a meeting. So you might want to create an agenda cheat sheet, uh, jot down key points that you would like to discuss or questions that you have that you can see from the agenda are probably going to come up. Um, now, yes, it takes a little more time. You can't just jump into a meeting and hope that, you know, you're going to know what's going on there. So make sure you are prepared. Check the agenda. If there's not an agenda, uh, you can definitely go to the meeting organizer and ask for one or just ask them to give you a heads up about what will be discussed during the meeting. If you are the meeting organizer, please always have an agenda. Uh, it helps people know if they should even be at the meeting in the first place. Uh, one of the initiatives we trialed at work, in fact, was the right to decline a meeting if there was no agenda. So, you know, maybe that's something you could bring into your organization. Another really good strategy to confidently speak up in meetings is called the three second rule. Now, this will work for some, it may not work for others, but it is a really simple technique that can help you overcome that sort of hesitation and make sure that you get your voice heard while also being mindful not to talk over someone else. So the key 
really is to combine this three second rule, which is basically count down in your head, three, two, one, go, right? Three, two, one, speak. <laughs> um, but you want to combine that with observing the conversational cues, wait for any natural pauses and make sure you are actively listening. So you want to hold that sort of balance between holding on to your thoughts and actively listening to others. Um, by doing that, you are getting into the habit of not overthinking what you're about to say. You might also want to get into the practice of writing it down um, so that you are still being able to actively listen and then as you can see a natural pause coming up, do the three, two, one, and then read your notes. Uh, even if you, you know, if you don't have a notebook, which we don't always now that we're often online, uh, type it in the chat. Even if you don't want to press send, at least it's there to read when you're ready to speak out loud um, so you don't forget it but you're still practicing doing that active listening so you're not missing something important as the meeting goes on this one it can definitely take a bit of practice but you will find over time you become a bit more confident and uh, comfortable identifying those right moments to speak up without interrupting others Okay, so what about those times when it feels like everyone else is speaking nonstop and no matter how hard you try, you just can't find a gap? I have been in those meetings. I like I will go <gasps> as if I'm going to speak and then no one stops and then I go <gasps> and no one stops and, <gasps> and no one stops. And I end up getting off the meeting going, what just happened? I did not say a word in that whole meeting. So I've needed to come up with some ways to make sure that I am still heard in those situations. And again, the chat, you know, all of the things we've talked about already will definitely work. However, first, I want you to know that your value as a person, as a worker, is not determined by how often or how loudly you speak, right? We all bring unique strengths to the table and embracing that individuality, you know, the strengths and possibly even the weaknesses, embracing our fullness is key to making a lasting impact. So if you haven't found an opportunity to contribute during the meeting itself, don't stress about it. And there are still ways to share your valuable insights afterwards. So easily enough you can follow up with an email or a quick chat message in teams or whatever your platform is to the relevant people and it may not just be the organizer right there may be other people that you wanted to make sure hear your message your question your opinion or you might want to schedule a one-on-one -on -one chat with whomever this one can be particularly helpful if you feel more comfortable sharing your thoughts in that smaller, less intimidating setting. Or you could suggest that future ideas be collected on collaborative platforms. So we often use Miro. You can use Microsoft Teams Whiteboard. There are so many different versions now, Mural. If you set that up to collect ideas, 
um, particularly in you know in a in ideas collecting meeting. So if you want a whole lot of ideas, uh, ask ask the meeting organizer or as the meeting organizer do this yourself. Set up a board, set up a platform where everybody's ideas can be collected. This way you get to add your input at your own pace with the time to think through, you know, your thoughts and a little bit less pressure on you to speak up quickly or not speak at all. Um, there is another way that you can do this if you don't want to use electronic whiteboards as the meeting organizer, you can do a round robin. So make sure that you ask each person one by one what their ideas are. That way you're, again, not just getting the loudest voice in the room or the extroverts in the room. You are hearing from everybody. I highly encourage you, though, if you are going to do it that way rather than the electronic whiteboard, please make sure that you are very clear that they have the option to pass because sometimes even that can feel, you know, if there are a lot of people in the room, particularly a lot of unknown people, senior leaders, for some people that pressure can be a little bit too much. And so you do need to give them the option to pass and let them know that your door is open for ideas after the session. Um, so that's a way you can do it as a meeting organizer. Again, if you're not the meeting organizer, that is something you could suggest to the meeting organizer prior to the meeting. I really want you to know that your voice definitely matters, right? Because what we don't want is ideas just to be from our extroverts or our senior leaders because introverts' ideas cover, you know, 50%, I think it is, of our population. So finding the best way for you to share your thoughts is extremely important. Finally, today, I want you to remember that self-care is extremely important. So as an introvert, meetings can be exhausting. Your brain is giving you way too much dopamine from interacting with all these other people. And yes, it's, it can be super enjoyable. And yet uh, at the end of it, you want to just, you know, flop down. <laughs> all of your energy is gone. It's really crucial to give yourself the gift of time to recharge your batteries between meetings. In fact, I encourage you to schedule that time into your calendar. If you have a meeting or two in a row, block out the next however long, 15, 30 minutes, uh, to regather your energy, to not be interacting with people in that time. That also gives you that time to reflect on the discussion, to gather any thoughts that you might not have had the space for within the meeting and also prepare for what's coming next. So, you know, maybe you've got another meeting coming up and you need to, again, get to the agenda, write your notes down before you jump into the next meeting. So I really encourage you to put these tips into practice and uh, you should start to see your confidence grow in meetings, in voicing your opinions, in giving your ideas and asking your questions. And I want you to remember that you are not alone in this journey. This is a common problem across a lot of quietly determined career women. So just silently remember that you are in this with us and we are all supporting and cheering each other on. 
Thanks for joining me this week. If you want to continue the conversation about speaking up in meetings or being a leader from the inside out, come and join us in the Women in Leadership Facebook group. You will find the link to the group in the show notes, as well as the link to the manifesto that I mentioned earlier on. Uh, I also want to let you know that some of this podcast was created with the assistance of different artificial intelligence platforms. I work in digital capability. I know all of this stuff. The ideas, the examples, the language, all still mine. However, I do occasionally get help with editing the audio, writing my show notes, and occasionally a save from writer's block. Um, which all helps me make the best use of my time and as a busy entrepreneur and career woman that is super important for me if you got value out of this episode I really would love it if you could share it with others I want to help as many women as many quietly determined career women as we can on their journey as well so please share it Um, And if you can, leave a review and a rating for the show, which helps the algorithms show the show to others. So I would really appreciate that too. Until next week, continue to lead the way her way.